believe in something this morning? Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community? That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them. Hailing from the heartland of America, atop the high bluffs of Western Iowa, comes the voice of the church, burning with passion for righteousness and justice again. People that believe in Jesus Christ, that he was buried, that he was resurrected on the third day, that he's coming again, and that men will answer for every idle word and every wrong deed, that there is justice beyond the grave. That is the statement that is made when you see a church and a steeple and a cross in a community and in a nation. And God cares about this building and he cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today. Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. dysfunctional dominion demands death. And Jesus shows up in history and says, I have come that you might have life. Now, let's get the dominion thing straightened out so that life can do its work. I want you to have life and I want you to have it more abundantly. That's why I'm here, Jesus says. And then, already before he'd even gone to the cross, they started getting confused about why Jesus came. And he recognized that people were already beginning to misunderstand his purpose for coming to the world. So then he said, to clear that up, in Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, and I'll read it to you from the New Living Translation, Jesus said it this way, and I quote, Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to fulfill them. Another way of saying that is I came to fulfill my obligations to God's law as all men must. There's all this confusion about why Jesus came and, and he told us why he came, but we still keep making things up. The truth is Jesus did not come to take away any of the good blessings that come from obeying God. Of course not. He came to bring us Zoe life and he wanted us not just to, not just to stumble into this. Now, here's what I think he means. I want you to have it more abundantly. What I, what I believe Jesus is referring to is the, the very obvious reward system that is promised the believer. We are rewarded in the next life based upon how we live. Jesus, in his own doctrine and teachings, made it very, very clear that everyone would not be living at the same status eternally in heaven because it would be based upon performance. You're not saved by your performance, but you're judged by it. And you're rewarded according to it. Because God is not unjust, he will not reward a wicked man with something that he also gives to the good. 
And there are degrees of obedience. Some people obey really well and some people don't. Anyone have children? Some children, they obey half the time. Some children obey almost all the time. And parents, good parents, don't reward the disobedient child the same way that they, obey, they reward the obedient child. Good parents, bad parents do, but, but good parents don't. That's foolish. That's wrong. That's unjust. It's a sin. It's committing a sin in your role as a parent to reward wickedness the same way that you would reward righteousness. And certainly offensive if we would call that falsely agape love. That's not agape love. That's satanic love. But that's not the kind of love God gives. And so in the same way, in the, in the parental realm, we understand children are rewarded based upon their behavior. This is just common sense. It should be. So heaven, Jesus makes it very, very plain. You will be rewarded eternally based on how much and how frequently you obeyed here. And so when Jesus says, I've come that you might have Zoe, I want you to have life. I want you to take dominion the way you're supposed to take dominion so you can overcome even death itself because you can't bury dominion. You can't bury righteous dominion. There's no end to it. It's eternal. It comes from God. Human beings were designed to live forever. We weren't supposed to die. The death part happened after we rejected righteous dominion and chose instead dysfunctional dominion. Our choice for dysfunction demanded death. We really brought it upon ourselves. It was never God's intention for your body to wear out and die. And so when we grab back a hold of God's original design and what he wanted for men to do, which is take dominion in a partnership with him on his behalf and for him, to do it for the kingdom. The kingdom's first. Seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33. And then all those other things will be added to you. He just wanted us to do that. And when we grab back on to righteous dominion, then we trump death. Because death was assigned to dysfunctional dominion. So if you'll live in the dominion you've been commanded to take, and you'll be faithful, there ain't no grave going to hold your body down. We're going to hear the trumpet sound. We're going to get up out of the ground, because there ain't no grave that can hold my body down. He wants you to have it more abundantly, which is to say, he doesn't want you to just get to heaven by the skin of your teeth. He doesn't want you to just take dominion as minimally as possible. He wants you to discover the joy of being in a partnership with your creator and to get such rewards and to achieve so much for the kingdom that by the time you get to heaven, there, there was this this set of wonderful things God wanted to bless you with, to reward you and thank you for your service, but because you got it so much more abundantly, he had to heap up even this much more. He wants you to have life, and he wants you to have it more abundantly. But we still understand this is all said in the context of the agonies. So long as we live here, we fight, we wrestle, we're in combat. We're struggle. We have an enemy that's real. And that's the thing about getting a trophy. It means a lot when you earned it. I hated to see this happen to our culture. It's already happened. It's too late. They used to give trophies to the champions. 
in a contest. I did martial arts for several years. I just finally decided one of my life goals was to get involved in martial arts and study it and do that and do the competitions. I did some competitions and I, I sparred one of the most dangerous people in the world and he hurt me. But I hurt him too. It was kind of an accident actually, but I like to pretend it was on purpose. But I've, I've fought. I've been in a ring. I've, had, I've been kicked in the head. I've, I've had broken bones. I've, I've fought. I've done martial arts. I earned my black belt. I got my, my decided first-degree black belt in the International Taekwondo Alliance recognized in Korea. And it is a lifetime achievement, and I enjoy doing it. But I'll tell you what I did not enjoy. I did not enjoy when I went to my first regional competition, and I'm sweating, and I'm getting kicked, and I'm, I'm hitting back, and I'm fighting, and I'm struggling, and I'm in the agonies. And then at the end of the day, everybody got the same trophy. That was lame. It's not right. We used to give a trophy to the champion, to the one who got first place, to the one who really rose above. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what they're doing in basketball or in football or in martial arts these days. I'm going to tell you something. In heaven, people are getting rewarded according to what they deserve because God is just. We're not all gonna live in the same cookie-cutter mansions built by the Workers' Progress Association, 1945, which is describing much of Morningside. We're not living in the same houses, folks. And Jesus wants you to have the super abundance. Jesus wants you to excel. He wants you to go beyond just getting in. He wants you to have it more abundantly. And so Jesus delivered life to expose and reject man-created, uninspired false doctrines like the Talmud and the Mishnah. The Talmud and the Mishnah are not in your Old Testament. That's because they're not inspired. They are added onto what God told Moses. We reject them completely as Christians. It is a shame that the Jews, continuing in the same sin that they were in when Christ was here rebuking them, have elevated the Talmud, which is basically a bunch of commentaries about our Old Testament, and the Mishnah, which used to be verbal, verbal stories passed on generationally, but it's now written down. Even when Jesus was here, we have record in the Gospels of him rebuking them for taking the Talmud, which was man-written, man-created, not inspired of the Holy Spirit, and the Mishnah, and elevating the Talmud and the Mishnah above the Torah, the Torah being the Old Testament that you read, hopefully, faithfully. Jesus didn't come to do away with the Torah, but when he brought life to the world, he certainly wanted to expose the fallacies of the Talmud and the Mishnah. He came to expose false doctrines, and so must we. When we expose false doctrine, we are giving Zoe life. Because false doctrine, beginning with the idea that it's okay to eat from the fruit in the middle of the tree, the first false doctrine, false doctrine, ladies and gentlemen, brings death and dysfunctional dominion. And so if we want the Zoe life of God to be flowing through our veins and we want to have life more abundantly, then we realize the first order of business is to deal with the false doctrine that it's okay to tamper with the tree in the middle of the garden because it isn't. 
And it doesn't matter how many preachers preach that it is. That is a doctrine that brings death. We attack it, we expose it, and when it's exposed and people accept the truth, they get life. So Jesus delivered Zoe life to expose and reject man-created, uninspired false doctrines that were added onto the inspired Old Testament that the Jews today refer to as the Torah. Number two, Jesus delivered life to reinforce the authentic Torah. And Jesus defended the Old Testament and taught it accurately and corrected at his time false doctrines already being taught in the synagogues, perverting what Moses originally had taught and the prophets. So Jesus defended and quoted almost every single book of your Old Testament in the Gospels. With the exception of a couple of books, it's been a long time since I studied this, I think there are only two books in the entire Old Testament that Jesus did not directly quote from at some point. You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Hello everyone, it's Pastor Kerry. You know, I remember a pivotal moment in American history and I sat and I watched this drama unfold in Florida concerning Terry Schiavo, who was this woman, she had gone on an extreme diet to lose weight and had lost consciousness. And the next thing you know, a few years later, they're literally euthanizing her in a nursing home. I was horrified when I watched that happen, and it set me into a journey to discover and answer some questions that are very important, especially in the field of the political world. Should Christians, for example, simply submit to the possible consequences of decisions, or should they make decisions exclusively based upon the Word of God? Now, that sounds simple to ask that question, and people flippantly answer it, but you'll find that the answer is very clear in the Bible, and it's also very troubling to modern Christians. Very few Christians truly live out the correct answer to that question. Well, I've put together a cartoon series. It's a whiteboard project where I teach you through some steps of logic and then had an artist in the church draw out the illustrations of what I'm trying to convey. It's really a remarkable thing, and it's free. All you have to do is go to the website to enjoy it, and I'll take you down the road of the journey I went on long ago answering that important question. Should Christians make decisions in life based exclusively on what God's Word says, or should they bow down to the threat of consequences? Because you realize sometimes when you make right decisions, there are very painful consequences. And here's where you need to go. I'll give you the website twice. Stepstopoliticalepiphany.com That's Stepstopoliticalepiphany.com Please enjoy the presentation. It could really change your life. Thank you for listening and God bless. to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website 
at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. And so, number three, he came to give us life, Zoe life, that we would have more abundantly. He delivered it to fulfill the prophetic nature of the ceremonial laws as our Messiah. In this sense, we no longer sacrifice lambs to pay the penalty of our sins. We no longer have to observe special holidays, Jewish festivals, because those festivals were designed by the Father to point to the Christ. And when Christ came, he literally fulfilled those because those were prophetic and they are done away in Christ. Jesus said he came to bring us Zoe life. And we know that the Bible says we're saved by the blood of Jesus and that we're saved by grace. And the Bible says that life is in the blood. And so really, even when we're talking about Zoe life, we're still discussing grace. This is all connected. And Jesus says something very interesting in John chapter 5, verse 26. You may recall I told you that in the English language there are four words that mean something very different, but they are all translated life in English. So if you don't look at the Hebrew, or excuse me, the Greek in this situation, if you don't look at the Greek word behind the word life when you're reading your English Bible, you may not understand what's being said. And just as review, we had suche, bios, anostrophe, and zoe. Anytime the Greek language chooses to use one of those four words, it is always translated the same way in our language as one word, life. The trick is, even though it says life in all these verses, it doesn't necessarily have the same meaning. And you may recall suche is human life, which eliminates animals and plants. If, if the word suche is being used, it's specifically talking about human beings. Bios is a word that, re, that refers to all living things, including animals and plants. Anostrophe is, really means behavior. Behavior. You know, we, we use the word life that way in the context of you need to get your life straightened out. Well, that doesn't mean you're dead and you need to come back to life. What we're saying is you need to change your behavior. You need to straighten up your life. Your life is a mess. We say that to people. That, that's our way of saying anostrophe. So it's talking about the behavior of life. It's not really talking about whether you're alive or dead. And then zoe, very, very important because zoe is unique from the others. It means the life of God, divine life. Or you could say it this way, the way God lives. Now, keep in mind when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he made them in his image and his likeness and breathed his life into them with the intention that they would then live the way he lives. Somebody say amen. We're not living the way that God lives now. Look at the world. This is not the kind of life that God intended. Jesus said, however... I have come to interrupt all of this. I've come to interrupt your regularly scheduled program. I've come to give you life, like that kind of life back there, and you should have it more abundantly. And so Jesus lived here on earth. He had this zoe at all times. 
in the midst of the agonies. He used it here. It helped him get through persecution. It'll help you. God's grace was sufficient for Jesus. God's grace was sufficient for Paul. God's grace is sufficient for you. The apostle Paul received Zoe life from Jesus, and he put it into practice, and it manifested in his life down here in his agonies. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we looked at it last week. But Jesus says this in John 5, 26, and I want you to see it, because this gets back to the issue of how life was from God in heaven to his first man in the Garden of Eden. This is the kind of life we're talking about, the God kind of life. And the word here, John 5, 26, for as the Father hath life, that's Zoe, as the Father has Zoe in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have Zoe in himself. So Jesus used the word Zoe twice, and he's literally saying, the life that is in the very Father of heaven has been given to me, and I am giving it to you, which implies you don't have it. You do not have Zoe unless and until you receive it from Jesus. You're a dead man walking. You're a once-born. Only the twice-born conquer the grave. Only the twice-born can sing, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. And it's all about dominion. Zoe enables me to position myself right now in the agonies to receive physical healing in my body when I am assaulted by germs or people. I will overcome. I will get back up. Zoe life doesn't even stop there. Zoe life enables me to position myself through the command of righteous dominion as I take dominion with you. We're taking it together. That's what a church is. It's a group of people committed in covenant to take dominion together. They have a vision and a purpose. The church is here to achieve something. We should know what it is. It's been explained over and over and over and over. We're here, we take our financial resources, we pull it together so we have dominion strength, synergy. The word energy refers to one person's exercise of their energy. The word synergy is a word that means when all kinds of people join together in unity and combine their strength into one force. It's called synergy. We are taking dominion as Cornerstone World Outreach together by combining our strengths and working out our weaknesses and eliminating them. It's your duty to get your weaknesses dealt with and to get stronger. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to have life more abundantly. And so Zoe doesn't just stop helping me overcome sickness. It doesn't just help me get past getting beat up by people attacking me and healing. Zoe also enables me to become a synergetic pathway for financial material blessings during my time here on earth as I obey the laws of God that govern the operation of dominion. God will prosper me by giving me beautiful children. He will prosper me in the taking of property and dominion so that my children's children receive an inheritance. 
listen to me, the Bible says a righteous man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. You are called to be righteous, and therefore you are called to take sufficient enough dominion that you are leaving behind a great legacy that will reach at least two generations that are born after you. That's wonderful. You need to have life, but you need to have it more abundantly because out of the abundance comes the inheritance to your children's children. Somebody say amen. This is God's will for you. It is the Bible, and God wants you blessed. I'm going to close by pointing us to the next message. And if we want to understand this thing called Zoe, the God kind of life, there are three places that we have to look to find biblical examples of Zoe as we progress throughout this series of sermons discussing dominion and how the grace of God is with us in the midst of the agony. Number one, we have to go to heaven. We go to heaven in the scriptures and we look at how God lives in heaven. That's where Zoe came from. And we describe in the scriptures, we see it described, the God kind of life, and we study the Father as he lives. And we'll be doing that as we move forward in the discussion of dominion. Number two, we look at Jesus' life here on earth in the midst of tribulations because we're on earth and we're in the same struggles. And Jesus said if we followed him, they would do to us what they did to him. So we should watch how Christ uses the grace of God, the Zoe life of God in the midst of tribulation and difficulty. And we're going to do that in the series as we move forward. But there's a third place we must look. And the third place is spoken of in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 1. And it says this, For the law of God, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things. And then it goes on in 1 Corinthians 10 to say that the Old Testament, God's holy word, the Torah that Jesus defended and taught from, the Torah is where we will discover Zoe life in how the God life, the life of God, worked in the history of other men and women of faith. And so the third place we'll go to learn more about Zoe life and how it's to help me in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my agonies. We will see the Zoe life of God demonstrated in the law and the prophets of the Torah. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.1, These things, the Torah, were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as other men once lusted. Now all these things happened unto them in the Old Testament for examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world have come. And next week we'll continue. We'll go to these places and thank God, thank Jesus. He came to give you Zoe. Now let's find out what it is, how we can get it, not just get it, but get it more abundantly and put it into practice as we take dominion together. Look at your neighbor and say, you and me, we are taking dominion from right here in Sioux City. Amen. 
This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. God himself blew on his tree so that there would be a light. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Extra Ecclesium Nulla Salus. There is no salvation outside of the church. Thank you for tuning in. 